Welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor. Here are your hosts, pediatrician Dr. Scott Cohen and comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Daddy vs. Doctor podcast. My name is Sebastian Maniscalco, along here with Dr. Scott Cohen. Today's show packed with a plethora, a plethora of different topics. We're going to do eczema. We're going to do a 14-month-old little girl getting her father into a full-blown chokehold. Kid knows jujitsu, people. Do you know any other podcast on the planet that's got a 14-month-old doing jujitsu to her father? No. What else do we got? We have eczema, skin issues. Yes, we talked about eczema. We, what else do we got? We what got we have? melatonin. Oh, melatonin. Where does it come from? What gland does it come from? Penal gland. Penal? Yes. What is it? Peniel. Peniel. The peniel. It's, it's where you put the emphasis. He's Italian. Yes. What can you do? Yes. Next on Daddy vs. Doctor. That's it. Welcome to the show. Thank you for calling Daddy vs. Doctor. Let me ask you something right off the bat. What's with all the green? Are you doing uh, animation work over there? What's going on? No, I'm uh, I'm just wrapping up at work and we have like a, a clinic going. So it's just high ceilings because it's an old retail store that hollowed out for a medical clinic. Oh, okay. So you're in a medical clinic. All right. So what's uh, yeah. what's going on? What's the uh, what, what, what question do you got for us today? Well, uh, twofold, a serious one and a funny one. The funny one. Uh, so I don't know what you guys think of this. My daughter when it's time to dress her, she's 14 months old. When it's time to dress her, she fights, she scraps, tries to, you know, get out of getting dressed. Um, and I have a jujitsu background. I want to put her into jujitsu when she turns years old, but she's already doing jujitsu to get out of being put in the sleeper in the, the sleep sack. So I put her in jujitsu. She's going to get better at this process of fighting me getting dressed. So it's like, I don't know what to do. Well, I don't think this is a problem at all. Uh, if my daughter knew jujitsu at 14, I'd be praising 14 her. Months. Yeah, 14 months. 14 months. That's I what I'm know. saying. 14, 14 months. months. I mean, by the age of five, she could basically choke you out. Do you think she's got these skills from the DNA from me? Absolutely, bro. Think I think that? the DNA translated right into the 14-month-old. And, and I believe DNA has a lot to do positive and negative behavior. This is a positive behavior, and I'd go full bore on this jujitsu training for uh, for dating for dating later on in life. Uh, so yeah, I, that this is this is actually uh, not a funny topic. This is actually pretty a serious one. Do so you think there's a correlation between not being able to get into a onesie in future MMA fighting? Yes. Yes. yes you do. I, like yes. that's a hard <laughs> medical fact studied yeah this is this has you. this has no yeah. research behind it yes. this is a feeling i have yeah. all right okay good okay so, no empirical data this is a sebastian only kind of thought yeah and it's and, and i think i think it's a lot uh, my my opinion i believe sometimes right. is a lot better than medical research i yeah i wouldn't disagree would you would you say that's called being Italian? Well, yes. I think Italian has definitely a lot to do with it. Uh, something Dr. Cohen has no idea about. Um, <laughs> so, Cohen probably. 
<laughs> yeah, notice you both are wearing hoodies. So, and I'm not. So, right there, I'm out of the. Uh, and and yeah. uh, from what I'm detecting, um, Canada. You got it. You nailed it. How did you, Windsor, you Ontario. Say, like, again, it's just. How did you know that? Uh, it's just I'm, flowing. It's flowing. Our you killed it on the stage at Casino Windsor, yeah. eh? Oh yeah, hey, yeah. Where are you at Woodbridge? No, no, no. So I'm Niagara Falls, Ontario. But like I said, saw you in Windsor on the weekend. Oh, you did, you did. You were in Windsor. Okay, I missed that. Oh, thanks for coming, man. Windsor, uh, Windsor, Ontario. I was just there. Big fan from Canada. Jiu-jitsu. What's the second question? Well, guys, thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you, Doc. Have a good one. Take it easy. Yeah. Um, Second question is: I find uh, my daughter. And I don't know if it's directly correlated or I'm just spitballing here, but my daughter will wake up relatively early after putting her to bed after seven o'clock. We usually put her to bed seven, seven thirty. She'll wake up around eight, eight thirty with like crazy night terrors. And I starting to notice that when it happens, it's usually because she had either like a really terrible afternoon or morning nap or like no really nap at all. So is there some correlation to a lack of her day sleep schedule affecting potential night terrors? in her night sleep schedule. Doctor? I've never heard anybody call it a night terror. Right. Um, Is that different than a nightmare? It is. So night terrors and nightmares happen in different phases of sleep. So night terrors are typically soon after you fall asleep, a couple hours after you fall asleep. Stage four sleep, it's actually the stage of sleep you're in when you sleepwalk, you know, like, and you can seem wide awake. I mean, kids will scream, eyes open, sometimes even have conversations with you, but they're dead asleep. You also don't remember night terrors. Nightmares are usually what you think about, middle to end of sleep, REM sleep, bad dreams, you remember them the next day. But the treatment actually for both is the same. You know, 14-month-olds, it's not the most common age. Typically, it's around three to four when their imagination's going crazy because that's when they're thinking about all these things. But the idea is the same, which is, you know, you go in, you keep the lights off, you keep your voice down, sometimes hug, gently lay them down. You don't want to wake them up because that can be more arousing. And yes, these things do happen when your schedules are off. So when you're sick, when you're traveling. So routine repetition, good nap schedule, good de- bedtime schedule definitely helps prevent it. Well, I think we are, we've already established that this kid's an anomaly uh, doing, doing yeah. jujitsu at 14 months. So <laughs> obviously she's going to start doing night terrors earlier. Well, as maybe well. she's fighting somebody in her dreams and just practicing what she learned during the day from the Jojo. I'm I'm scared. I go to comfort her in a night terror, and she wraps my neck into a rear naked choke, and it's over for me. And then she's, you know, orphaned. Oh man, well, I love it. Canada is the best. I love Canada. Thanks for calling. Thanks for coming to Ontario, and keep choking people out. Um, so Thanks for yeah. having me on. And one last thing, uh, big fan of the cast, big fan of the stand up. Uh, take care and have a safe uh, holiday season. Eh? Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Take care. Here's a little anecdote. Um. I was about nine, and I used to sleepwalk, but I was aware of it. Okay. And I don't know if that's... You're the only one that's ever been well, aware of it? You knew. I used to get up uh-huh. one night, took an apple out of the refrigerator, put it on the counter. I went out the screen door, mm-hmm. and I ran over to my neighbor's house, knocked on the door. It's at 2 o'clock in the morning. She answered mm-hmm. with a beautiful negligee okay okay she brought me into her bedroom (laughs) 
You know, this is like a PG show. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, no, right. I know. You Go can on. share this with the yeah, with the office. Right. Her husband was in bed, and and I come in the bedroom, and he's like, "What the? What's going on?" This guy was a construction worker, right? How's he doing it? So he called my parents and said, "Your son is in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. He was." sleepwalking whatever mm-hmm. she's like i'll come get him and she came and got me and i went back to the house and i remember all that wow do i got problems yeah did you make frequent trips after that no that was the only oh. time i left the house but and again i don't know i, I labeled it as sleepwalking but i don't know maybe i was running from something i i don't disturbed <laughs> We, we have friends they were on uh, a ski trip and their son sleepwalks and he actually walked down the stairs unlocked the door and walked right into the the snow oh wow and then obviously woke up because it was cold but wow. scary you can yeah. you can do that i mean he probably would have rather have the negligee but i'm telling you bro i remember her world. name her name was bonnie <laughs> and for a nine-year-old to see that was was pretty special i gotta tell you Welcome, welcome Hi. to the Daddy versus Doctor podcast. Um, let's get your name again. It's Tess. 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 What uh, What brings you to our our wonderful podcast here today? <laughs> well, first of all, thank you so much for all the laughter um, that you bring to my life. So I just want to get that out the way. Thank you. And secondly, I have a granddaughter that I'm raising who is um, constantly plagued with eczema. And I've had her in to see a pediatric dermatologist and other doctors. And the pediatric dermatologist um, suggested bleach baths and some weird things that are just not feasible. Like she wanted her to wear pajamas that were soaking wet for a while, like after a bath. To have her walking around in soaking wet pajamas is just not going to happen. But um, so I'm just wondering, first of all, like, I I know we swim a lot here in Arizona and, you know, we're in pools and that kind of thing. So there's chlorine and, you know, but she still doesn't seem to do any better, even with all the swimming. So I don't know that the bleach baths are really helping. My biggest concern is the medication. So she has a steroid that I have to use. And I'm just concerned about how much of this is like safe to be using all the time. You know. Okay. Uh, let me unpack some of this. Now, mm-hmm. just for me not knowing anything about pediatrics or eczema, my kid had eczema and i go to a doctor and he goes bleach bath and wet pajamas Mm -hmm. i call the board of doctors and have this guy disbarred right it's actually appropriate but go on Uh, okay well no i'm i'm i just don't want to get anybody in trouble i ain't putting my kid in a bleach bath i don't care how much it itches it's a cat full of bleach with a whole big Okay, so so this is this is something yeah, that's to kill the bacteria that's on the skin. It's just a, it's not putting them in a tub of bleach because yeah, then it's you diluted. It's diluted. Yeah. So, 
Okay. Exactly. How about wet pajamas? You ever heard of that? Yeah, I mean, the, the eczema must be really bad and not getting better that they really just want to keep the skin moist. We usually, thankfully, don't have to get to that point. Okay. Um, and really, you know, I mean, obviously, you've been through this. The, the, the maintenance of therapy is constant moisturizer cream. And then we do different levels of steroids, which parents are always concerned, rightfully so, and doctors about over steroid use and what it can cause, thinning of the skin, other things. So there's lots of different classes of steroids. We usually start with the lowest potency, which is your typical over-the-counter 1% cortisone, cordate, hydrocortisone that you use. You do that, but if that's not working, then yes, you go to different levels that you were probably prescribed, and they are typically safe, and we do them for a couple weeks at a time. You do want to give the skin a break in between. The bigger issue, more that I'm not worried as much that it's going to hurt them. It's just that if it's not doing anything within a couple of weeks, we probably have to do something else. And we have to find that right treatment because it's not one size fits all. Eczema is really pesky. Okay. You know? uh, question on the eczema uh, for the doctor here. Uh, eczema and what's the other one called? Um, psoriasis. Psoriasis? Psoriasis. Wow, look at that. Name that too. Uh, any difference because... I had what I self-diagnosed as psoriasis mm -hmm. on my elbow uh -huh. and right in the back of my neck, right? So that's what I was also wondering is like, how do I know which one's which? Because behind your knees is usually where they talk about the eczema. Like behind the neck is where they usually talk about psoriasis. So I'm like, is it both? Is it like... Yeah, the, the pediatric dermatologist, if they looked at it, should be able to tell. They look slightly different. Definitely eczema is more common than psoriasis. You're right, the areas are very similar because in kids, any area that's constant rubbing, so knees and elbows are very common and any areas that sweat a lot, so the creases behind your knees, your elbows, also get a lot of eczema. And you live in Arizona, you live in a hot area, and so the heat you know, also can dry out the skin. Mm -hmm. So that's why you just need constant, cool, loose clothing and moisturizer cream. And I wouldn't be afraid of the steroids that they prescribe if they're helping. The other thing to consider, it sounds like if the eczema is really bad, some people with eczema also have allergies. And if they have allergies and we find out what those are and we remove those allergies, often then the eczema flare-ups decrease as well. Doesn't always correlate one-to-one, -one, but if there are something else we can do, that could be beneficial as well if you haven't had allergy testing. So okay. Well, thanks. Thank yeah. you for your call. Really appreciate it, and uh, we hope uh, we resolve that problem sooner rather than later. Yeah, um, the, the wet cloth seem. Yeah, the the wet pajamas. The wet pajamas <laughs> just wouldn't be comfortable for a child. Yeah, no. We're not I, doing I know, that. I know that they do that sometimes. Um, yeah, I had I had an issue with um, like I said, with the with, and my mother said it was hereditary. Is, is, that, is that yeah there's a genetic component i mean definitely if you have a family history of eczema asthma allergies that's sort of our allergic triad then you like that um you're still stuck on my square I, analogy you're still here cave years oh, I know. Was I supposed to go now <laughs> i'm learning i'm still learning i like this man we, this just, is a... we just have a voyeuristic yeah. audience that we just talk and people just are in the <laughs> corners listening. Cut off like sometime. <laughs> all right um, thank you guys you're welcome. Bye. Um, but yes, if you have a family history of those things, they overlap, and then other people can have those things as well. Got it. Yeah. So uh, selfishly, I'm using this podcast also to. Uh, it's basically a personal uh, 
I feel like I'm going to be a caller every week. Yeah. And you're going to get a bill for it. So, <laughs> so Serafina five and a half yep. going on six in April. Yep. Still sucking her thumb. Mm -hmm. uh, sucks it at night mm -hmm. to go to bed and she twirls her hair while she does it. Mm -hmm. This has been going on since she's six months old. Mm -hmm. Also, she sucks her thumb when she's getting a talking to. Okay. It's like a safety mechanism. Yeah, it's comfort. Comfort. Right. Now, I was on an airplane once with a flight attendant with Serafina. Okay. All right. The flight attendant had to be about 30. And she goes, oh, your daughter still sucks her thumb? Mm -hmm. So do I. Mm -hmm. You almost cut off her thumb. And like I that. said to Lana, put some Tabasco sauce on this thumb because I ain't going to have a 30-year-old daughter walking around sucking her thumb at Whole Foods. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, I mean, adults who suck their thumb, obviously less common, because think about all the people you know, and most of them aren't sitting at your house sucking their thumbs. Yeah. But it's, it's a really hard issue because all the treatments, and I am fortunate to be married to an orthodontist, so I've heard about thumb sucking and what it does to teeth and all the different variations of treatment options. And honestly, in my 20 years experience, nothing works well. Like you said, Tabasco sauce, different nail polishes, putting band-aids on the thumb as a reminder and a prevention, trying to give them alternative like soothing objects like a stuffed animal or a blankie. What ends up happening, they just take that and suck their thumb as well. My yep. daughter was the same way. Right thumb, left finger it was always exactly the same during the day i usually because you don't want to make it a negative thing and always saying no 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 so if you see it during the day which honestly most people aren't doing i usually just gently take their hand and give them something to do with their hand give them something to color give them something to play with see if you can distract them at night i have to be honest nothing works well because it's almost they're unconscious about it it just it yeah. happens and it's self-soothing here's the good news very interestingly, there is one positive thing about thumb sucking and people who nail bite. There was a, a study published in a, a journal called Pediatrics, which is a, a big journal for us, which basically showed that kids who thumb sucked or uh, bit their nails had decreased allergies when they were older. So I wouldn't have somebody thumb suck for that reason. But if you want a positive thing as an adult to counteract the stewardess who's still sucking her thumb at night, um, that's a positive. And it goes with the hygiene hypothesis. Have you heard of the hygiene hypothesis? No, this is fascinating. Right, so the, the hygiene hypothesis is the idea why we tell it parents and kids, it's okay to get dirty. It's okay to pick things up on the floor and put their hands in their mouth because you're getting germs and that creates immunity. So you get less infections later. So the study basically showed that kids who put their thumb in their mouth, probably because there's lots of germs or bite their nails, there's lots of germs, they're getting immunity and decreased allergies later on. Mm. And those decreased allergies lasted up to like 32 years of age, which was wow. crazy from what they studied. Um, the other positive here is it's so fixable. Again, you're going to end up seeing my wife when your daughter's seven years old. What thumb sucking does is it causes an open bite and it causes the palate to be narrow and they do an expander. And then what happens when they have the expander in, the child doesn't get comfort because they can't reach the top of their mouth. They feel this device. So then they stop on their own. So oh. it's so easily fixable. So you try all these things. I wouldn't put a lot of stress in it. Okay. No, it just seems yeah. like yeah. it's habitual every time. Go bed. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, is yeah. this what she's been doing it for basically her whole life? Right. It's like, how do you No, she'll probably continue until some sort of orthodontic fix.
All right, yeah. that's that's good to know. And I was telling Lana, I go, that's why she's getting sick all the time right. is because she's putting her thumb in her mouth and she's you know putting all this germs. It's going to help her so, down the road. But okay. yeah, she's constantly. I mean, the kids always in their mouth. Yeah. Hi, Kelly. We can't hear you, Kelly. Just stop the car. Be Kelly. safe, please. We don't want to cause an accident. What do we got? The whole family in the car? Oh, oh, hey guys. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Hi guys. Oh, yeah, so these are the kids, but there's two of them. Yeah, two boys. Oh, hi, boys. What are their names? So that's Isaac. Hi, Isaac. So, that, that's Jonah, the little one. That's nine. They're nine and twelve. Nine and twelve. All right. What's what's the uh, what's the question today? Um. So let me pull over here. Sorry, I didn't know you guys were gonna do it right now. Man, this is all right. Hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. Pull over. So the question. So the question is, um, so I'm sure other people have this issue. So my kids are great, but there's like the cell phone. We're always battling with the cell phone. So I like to call myself the cell phone police. (laughs) Did you say you do too? Uh, No, no. I said, you know, your children are behind you. When, when you said that they were great, I was like, you know, they're behind you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, But they already know it. So it's okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was kind of hope I was kind of hoping they weren't in the car. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, it's just like it's just really hard. Like the the bat. I'm just curious what other parents are thinking. The battle with these phones. Like you get on. We've tried um, doing a certain time. Like you come home from school, you can have an hour, and then you can have an hour like at night before bed, like seven or eight. And it works for a while, and then and then we're we're back to having a battle again. So I always call myself the, the cell phone police. <laughs> um, well, here, let, let me chime in on this. Um, based on what we saw so far up until now, um, you, you you driving on a Zoom with the cell phone, no wonder where, where they're getting it from. Um, That's no, no. funny. <laughs> okay, I, I was like, there's a, was, was a big delay there. I was like, no, 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 I know it's comedy. I know it's comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't take this uh, seriously, please. Whatever he says is serious. Um, sometimes. Sometimes. So, um, yeah, this is a big, big deal. How much time, how much screen time, uh, you know, were the kids using the cell phone at a young age and now it's, you know, bled into their teenage years? What are you seeing in the office? What are you telling parents about screen time? Because me, personally, Serafina's five years old. Caruso doesn't even ask for the phone. Serafina only gets the phone when mommy does her hair, so she's kind of preoccupied. Other than that, no screens, no nothing. Now, I don't know how long this is going to last, but I feel like us as parents constantly have to be on this, or you get a zombie walking around the house at 15 years old with a oculus set on and and you know you're done i mean so what what's is there a fix what do you do i know i wish it's so hard because i have a 12 and a 14 year old and we battle this every day and i've tried everything from right setting setting limits 
to it's going to shut off at a certain time, to screaming, to running in and not saying anything and just taking the phone. It's so difficult. And you're right. It's such a big issue now. And the biggest issue I see as a parent and a pediatrician in the office is the behavior around these devices. Because as soon as they get it, then they have fits when they don't get it. I see in the office, they're on the floor screaming. We're supposed to be doing an exam. The mom won't give them their iPad and they're on the floor having a, a complete fit. So sticking to your guns and, and setting limits is obviously obviously a good thing. Screen time is very interesting. So believe it or not, one third of children under a year of age have already spent significant time around a cell phone, Wow! you know, on the cell phone. And 95% of teenagers obviously have been on a device. And about half of those kids say they spend a majority of their time online. So imagine the amount of time we're spending. So, you know, what do we recommend? We recommend no screen time up until two. And the 18 month to two year, we say we try to limit it. Knowing that kids learn best from interactions like this, seeing faces, talking back and forth, the interaction. So if we're gonna do screen time and younger kids, do it with somebody there. It's nice if you're watching Sesame Street to say, oh, look at the, you know, the yellow ball or the circle. So you're interacting too, making it a back and forth. And then after two, trying to limit screen time to about an hour a day. Um, and it's very hard because I know as parents, right? Some of it's just survival. Like I gotta cook dinner, I gotta go do something, but we wanna try to not make it a babysitter and plopping them front in front of it, because they are, they're like zombies once they get it. Um, and then the big question is, why do they need it, right? Are they needing it because of communication for safety reasons? They need to call you for after school activities or are we using it just for entertainment purposes and then trying to limit that or getting involved in that with them as well? Here's my theory. Yeah. All right. Everybody at the school uh -huh. has got an iPhone or iPad or they have access to it. Right. So my theory is if you got the parents on board and said listen don't give your kid the phone or don't do that maybe parent a little yeah maybe engage the kid a little bit so he don't have to go on the phone we wouldn't have this problem right because i'm going to be the only one and my sister's like this my sister's got a a 12 year old a lot of kids got an iPhone or whatever in the class. She doesn't. So there's like a pure, like a pressure to get one. It's like smoking when we were growing up. Mm -hmm. So uh, is it a lack of parenting or a laziness in parenting? I'm not saying you're lazy. I'm just saying in general, are we just like, here's the iPad. Right. Go entertain yourself. I'm going to go and use my iPad, you know, like, cause, cause the parents are doing it too. And if the parents are doing, I tell my wife all the time, she's on the phone all the time. I go, they're going to ape your behavior. They're going to think it's okay to be in a conversation and all of a sudden check a text message and fall out of it. Yeah. Very passionate about this. If you, if, if, Meanwhile, if, the boy in the back is just worried that his iPhone's gone for good. Like he's, he's back. Yeah. He's like, mom, like, when are you going to get off this? So I could um, hop on Pornhub. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but, I, but um, I think you're right. Oh, gosh, they don't even know about that, Sebastian. Right. Right, no, no, right. um, but yeah, I think once you start it, it's really hard to get rid of it. And there is some laziness involved. And because as a parent, it's like you want it away. And then it's like, how much am I going to fight about it? But I think those limits are important. It's interesting. I spoke personally to a child psychologist about this, about my own girls. Like, what is the best way of doing it? Because I thought it was, let's say, 730 no more, no yeah. more iPhone. Let's just shut it down. 
And she made an interesting point that giving them some independence in this is helpful and having setting limits, but having them involved in it because down the road, when they're out of the house, it's not going to be 730. It's going to turn off. They have to learn to limit themselves as well. So you set up those guidelines and see if they can do it, knowing that you may have to come in and say, hey, listen, remember we said 730 and now I got to, we're going to take this away for a little bit and take a break because it is, it's like crack. You like literally need to decompress. You probably see this after vacations. They're on it 24 seven. And when we get home, we have to hide it because they have to decompress. Yeah. That's crazy. So well monitor that. Thank you for calling in. Get back on the road. Get these kids home safe. And you know what? Plan a picnic. I mean, listen, uh I I can't I can't stress enough that uh I don't wanna be and you might want to hang up for this because we're gonna get a little little in the hole here. Hello, I'm hanging up. All right, yeah, no problem. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang, hang up because this ain't, this ain't I don't want listen, I don't wanna come home. I don't wanna come home. After a three-day weekend performing in in Miami or 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 North Carolina, and I walk in the door and Caruso's in the backyard on an Oculus on JerkOff.com and and he's fucking playing with himself. He does that one in the backyard, peeing in the backyard. (laughs) If he's pissing in the backyard, he's going to be jerking off in the backyard. So, I, I. I don't know where this is going, but it needs to be dialed back. 100%. And, and I, I do think it's a parental issue where the, the parents are feeding the kid mm. the iPad or the phone and they don't want to, not that they don't want to parent, but they're just like checking out. Yeah. And, and we're, we have a generation being brought up on, on the iPad or the iPhone. But, but I think... I mean, the other thing is the peer pressure. Like you said, these, you know, fourth, fifth graders are coming home saying, mommy, everybody in my class yeah. has got one. How come I don't have one? I'm the only one. They're really upset about it. And it's sort of keeping up with the Joneses. But I think you make a great point, like other family activities mm-hmm. to do together that they're, so they're not sitting there on all, sitting on it alone. And then if they do want to play games on it, play the games with them. You like video games. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I grew up on Atari. So what do yeah, I know? So play Pong. <laughs> There you got it. Here we go. What's up, Gina David? Hello. Hey, how are you? We're good. We're good. Oh, who do we got My here? My mother wants to come say hi. The whole family. Wow. Jeez. Nice. We're all here. What uh what's going on over at the house? What do we got? What's the question? Okay, so we have a four and a half year old and a one one year old. And lately we've been hearing from so many of our friends and, and parents that go to school with our kids that everyone is using melatonin to put their kids to bed at night. And it just seems like it's something that everyone is using. I mean, we don't, we, we haven't used it yet. This is all that's here. Right? Um, it's not something that we use, but I'm just hearing it everywhere. So I'm, I'm just curious to know if it's something that is safe, how, how it should be used, you know, uh, okay, so I'm not hearing this on uh, my end as far as any of the parents no. uh, using supplements to put their kids to sleep. I've heard the other way where some people do, uh, what, what's the uh, NyQuil or Benadryl, Benadryl or whatever. Benadryl. I've heard that. Um, what's your take uh-huh. on melatonin on what, four, five, six-year-old kids? Is that what we're talking? Yeah, I guess it's yeah, a very... Yeah. 
Yeah, about that age. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we're medicating for an issue that may not need medication. You know, it's not just a perfect band-aid to sleep. So melatonin is a a hormone that your body naturally produces in the pineal gland. I just figured you'd like that. It's going to go on a t-shirt or something. I don't know. Education and it's fine. You naturally produce at night and um you know you have that hormone naturally so i think in kids what's better and a better long-term solution is good routine and repetition at night right having a nighttime routine having limits i mean if your friends are doing drugs does that mean you have to do drugs i don't you know yeah i i don't think so um it's also not fda regulated i know look you can buy it over the counter it's called a supplement so it doesn't have to be fda approved and it comes in a gummy and it comes in lots of different forms that are very child friendly honestly short courses do i think it's harmful absolutely not is it necessary probably not we often use use it in kids a lot of times with other developmental delays, um, autism, ADHD, things where their system needs a little more regulation. Healthy kids usually with behavioral changes can go without using melatonin. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, Are you guys against this or are you guys uh, looking into this or what? No, not that we want to start doing it. Our kids are on a very good routine sleep-wise, but my thought is that if they need if the parents are giving the kids something that they need to go to sleep with now, how are they ever going to get into that routine? Our kids, we just let them fall asleep, sleep trained. We never used any supplement, whatever you want to call it. But um, I, I'm just thinking yeah, down right, the line, right. these kids, that it's going to go from melatonin to the z to this, to that. And I feel like it's just something that can make them become addicted to something else later. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I think you want them to learn how to sleep. Well, yeah, what, what, what we do, generally speaking, is two hours before sleep, we load them up with a little bread and spaghetti, and they go right to bed, bro. It's it's just amazing. Um, the, the, the Italian remedy is the, food. Yeah, I mean, listen, growing up, we never had any of this, like, melatonin or uh sleep training or it it just it seems like we're making parenting a lot more complicated than it is the kid goes to sleep at night you don't need anything to put him there right i mean what the hell he's four years old what is he thinking about taxes well it's like (laughs) for us not for them yeah it's like give your child benefit to make them sleep so that you get quiet time yeah for the child to sell yeah well then the reverse is i've in the past i had to give my daughter benadryl for because the pediatrician said for allergies and she had the reverse effect where it kept Ah. her wide awake and she was a completely different child. So I will never give her Benadryl ever again, even if she needs it for sciences. I think she was on it just now. Is that, isn't that? Oh, yeah. oh, no, that was pretty mild. Yeah, that, that, was mild. that was mild. <laughs> Listen, in general, yes. and again, this is not a, a pediatrician talking, I'm against a lot, uh, or I, I just don't like drugs mm-hmm. at all in kids and in adults. So, uh, you know what? Tell these people at school. <laughs> I'm wait, waiting for that one. No, I just don't like. I don't like this herd mentality. Right, where like, I agree. oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing melatonin, and they, it's like sheep. They go, oh, okay, we'll we'll do melatonin. Stick to what you're doing. Stick to zooming in the kitchen, and that's it. I mean, I mean, it's it's simple. Tell your friend Sebastian says get off the drugs. That's it. 
Get off yeah. this. Get your we kids agree. off the drugs. <laughs> okay. Thanks for calling in, guys. You got a beautiful Bye, family. Guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Four years old. Come on, bro. I like the food idea. Just load them up yeah, with food. Yeah, no, you did carbohydrates. It's, it's like, the same thing. It's like turkey on Thanksgiving. The trip to family yeah, will knock you that's out. that's it. This a, turkey, a turkey leg every night will knock you out. <laughs> I think that's it. There you have it. Another edition of Daddy versus Doctor. Fun show today. Uh, I really like the interaction we're doing, not only with the guests, but uh, yourself and myself after the guests, during the desk. I the desks, the, the, yeah. the guests. Uh -huh. I think it's it's really adding a lot of flavor to the show. You want to be on the show? Daddyversusdoctor.com. It's a website for you. Bunch of information there. You want to email us directly? Daddyversusdoctor at gmail.com. Wonderful hanging out with you again for the, I don't know what episode this is. I think it's eight. eight. And uh, we're solving parent problems one at a time. The opinions expressed in this program are not intended as professional medical advice, as a diagnosis, as a treatment protocol, or as a substitute for professional medical advice from your physician. Please consider your own medical history and consult with your own physician for your specific health care and or medical needs and about your concerns for yourself and your family.